You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. You're all welcome this morning. It's resurrection morning. Amen. We celebrate his resurrection. Amen. Thank you, potent kids, for that wonderful. Yes, that's awesome. It's so good when our children begin to fall in love with Jesus and to begin to enact the life of Jesus. It goes deep down into their spirits. Jesus said, let the little children come to me, for such is the kingdom of God. They love Jesus. They love Jesus. Their love is pure. Their faith is pure. They know the Lord more than you. <laughs> because you've forgotten how to be innocent. You've forgotten how to be sincere. You've forgotten how to be pure. <laughs> but not them. That's why Jesus said, let the little children come to me. He says, for such is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God belongs to them. Belongs to them. There are certain things we must never outgrow. We must never outgrow your innocence. Okay? Outgrow that. Continue to remain innocent before God. I'm not saying you should be naive. You must outgrow the naivety of a child, but you must not outgrow the innocence of the child. The simple faith, that pure faith, that feigned faith, that genuine faith that they have, some of us need to be converted and go back to being like a child so that we can experience God as we should. The reason why we're not experiencing God as we should is not because God is not real, but it's because our unbelief is more real than our faith. So you need to um, detox yourself and get rid of the unbelief that has been programmed into you by your education and your experience and your interactions and your orientation and whatever. It's time to go back to being like a child again. Amen? Amen. If you're going to walk with God as you should, you need to heed what I'm saying. As simple as it is. But that's the key to walking with God. Amen? Glory, glory. Turn to someone and say, neighbor, I'm so glad you're here. Amen. Say, neighbor, I'm going to be really blessed. In fact, I'm already blessed. What about you? What are they saying? 
Glory to Jesus. Amen. So we've celebrated the Passover. Jesus is our Passover lamb. That song was bringing tears to my eyes. Because he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. No matter how you think about it, he is worthy. Amen? He is worthy. Sometimes we can sing songs that don't have any meaning anymore. We don't think deeply about what we're singing. But he's worthy. Amen? He's worthy. He deserves our best. He deserves our all. We shouldn't hold back anything from him. Because he didn't hold back anything from us. Amen? Don't hold back your passion. Don't hold back your zeal. Hmm? Don't be more zealous about Kaiser Chiefs. Huh? Or Arsenal. Barcelona. Some people are more zealous about the Kardashians. Sad. Doesn't add anything to your life. None of those things add anything to your life. But Jesus adds everything. He gives meaning to life. Amen. He gives life to you. Without him, there's no life. Without him, there's no life. John said in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Without him was not anything made that was made. Amen? Yes. And it says that he is the one that lights every one that comes into the world. In him was light, and the light was the life of men. The life of men was in him. Do you know that before Jesus came into the womb of Mary, he was, and he still is, he was God. God the Son. Right? Yeah. God the Son. And we see there are several instances where he revealed himself. He was revealed, not in his full identity, but there were different instances where he was he was seen, he was encountered, he was experienced by people, by the Old Testament saints. And as a matter of fact, if you remember the time of, the, of Nebuchadnezzar, where the three Hebrew children were in the fire, one of the things Nebuchadnezzar said is that, did we not put three people, three men into the fire? How come I see four people? The fourth one is like the Son of God. 
The fourth one is like the Son of God. So, God opened Nebuchadnezzar's eye to see him in the midst of the fire with these Hebrew boys right there who were ready to die for their faith, who were ready to, to, um, to lose their lives instead of compromising. Hmm? Do we have Christians today like that? I hope so. Do we have Christians like that in this house? I believe so. Amen. You stand for him. You stand for him because it doesn't matter what. And I want you to see some things in the scriptures today as we go into the word of God. We've been talking about the spirit of conquest, but this morning I want to talk to us on what I call from Passover to resurrection conquest. So from Passover, there was a night. You remember the word Passover was introduced in, in Exodus when the children of Israel were about to leave Egypt. The night before they left Egypt was when God instituted the Passover. Okay? That's when he instituted the Passover. And the Passover lamb. They, had the, they were expected to slay the lamb and to put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. Right? And there was an angel of death that was going to pass through Egypt that day, that night. And God has been demonstrating a lot of miracles. Nine miracles. Okay? He demonstrated and shook Egypt through those tests, those miracles. And now, I am going to kill every firstborn in Egypt tonight. Every house, from man to beast. <laughs> so the firstborn cow died that night. The firstborn dog died that night. The firstborn rabbit died that night. The firstborn cockroach died that night. <laughs> Don't joke with God. In one night. We don't know the population of Egypt at that time. I'm not sure. But there were millions. So you can imagine the cry that night or that morning. But God said the only thing that's going to prevent or safeguard any family, any home, is a, is a family that has the blood. On their doorposts. Okay? So the angel was going through the land that night. That's when God instituted the Passover. And that lamb that was, was slain that night was for the deliverance of Israel. Was to break the back bone of Egypt. To break the resistance of Pharaoh. 
okay, to say, he had been telling them, let my people go. Let my people go. And Pharaoh has been saying, who is the Lord? That I don't fear him. I don't care about him. I don't have any regard for him. But now there's going to be the last blow. The final blow to Pharaoh. And it was the lamb that God used. The lamb that God used. Amen? And that lamb is symbolic of Jesus. The lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Revelation tells us about that. The lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. But now, let me take you to Genesis chapter 3. Okay? In Genesis chapter 3, we see there, after Adam and Eve ate that fruit. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. They ate that fruit and their lives changed forever. So there are things you can eat that can change your life. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I'll read from verse 14. So the Lord said to the serpent, No, I'll, I'll read from, from verse 10. The Lord had come there and he was looking for Adam, calling Adam. Not really looking for him. Adam was hiding. <laughs> but to tell you how much Adam, how, how hard the fall of Adam was. For you to think you can hide from God, you've really lost your mind. Do you understand? So, Adam, when he ate from that tree, he died spiritually. But he also died mentally. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's, he's, he died mentally. Immediately when he ate that fruit, he lost 90% of his mental capacity. 90%. Boom. Just one fruit. Hmm? So God is coming, and this man thinks he's hiding from God. He thinks he's hiding from God. He says, I heard your voice, and I went to hide. I hid myself because I was naked. Make no mistake, sin damages the mind. Do you understand me? It damages the mind. There's temporary fun, but then there's permanent damage to the mind. So Adam's brain was impacted. It was trauma to the brain. Because Adam's brain is not used to being in this kind of condition. It's not used to being without the glory of God. 
It's not used to being without the presence of God. It's not used to thinking thoughts of dominion. Or, or living. It's, it's not used to thinking thoughts that are not of dominion. It's not used to fear. Do you understand? It's not used to fear. Never knew that before. Until that day. Hmm? Until that day. So when he eats this, he thinks, ooh, sumptuous, sumptuous. He's eating and eating. And then something else is happening in his spirit. He dies spiritually. The glory poof, departs. Ichabod. Hmm? The glory departs. And then he starts seeing his wife different. Eve, why do you look like this? What's wrong with you? And Eve says, Adam, why do you look like this? Why are you naked? <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Sin opens your eyes to certain things, but closes your eyes to important things. Do you understand me? Yeah, that's what happened. So, we see here that God now says, says to, to Adam, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to me to be with me, she gave to me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. He says to the, he says to the, to the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be to your husband, and he shall rule over you. This is, this is interesting. You know, women go through a lot when they conceive today. It wasn't like that before. When they give birth, they go through a lot of pain. Am I correct? But they don't have to go through this anymore. Because Jesus has paid. Jesus has paid the price. So those of you who are women, if you can believe that, I don't want to go into scriptures in the New Testament, but she shall be saved in childbearing. 
Hallelujah. Jesus broke it on the cross. So one would say, worship the Lamb. You don't know how far, how deep, and how perfect his sacrifice was to pay for you. Now I remember when my wife was was pregnant with her last born, we got this revelation about freedom from this curse. And while she conceived, I mean, I don't I can't remember how many months began to trust God, began to pray, began to declare, began to lay hold of the promise of God. This is going to be a different experience from the other two. Trusting God that this curse is going to jump over her. And you know what? It happened exactly. Maybe one day she'll share the testimony with you. It was the nurses couldn't believe. How can you say you are in labor? Because she told my mom, oh, I'm in labor. <laughs> well, let's go to the hospital. Go to the hospital and told the nurses, I'm in labor. And the nurses looked and they started laughing. This one is inexperienced. You can't be in labor and be talking like this. And then they examined her. They thought, my goodness, you're dilating. What's going on? Okay, lie down. <laughs> they called the doctor. Before the doctor would come, the baby has come out. And she was sleeping. They kept waking her. They kept waking her, push, push. No pain. No pain. Yeah. It's her story. You see, the scripture you choose to believe is what will work for you. When you choose to believe other people's opinions over God's word, you will experience the opinions of people. But when you choose to believe the word of God over experiences of people, you, you have a superior testimony. The testimony of scripture is more real than anybody's experience. It was supernatural. Purely supernatural. 100% supernatural. Painless. Incredible. They said they've never seen such thing in that hospital. By the time the gynae arrived, the baby was out. Worship the lamb. Don't your neighbor say, worship the lamb. Yeah. So those of you who are women and you are conceived and you are pregnant, you need to come to her for lessons. She will teach you. She will tell you the formula. She will tell you how she did it. Yeah, it worked. 
And that's why we call our son Shama. I called him Shama because he was born in my absence. And I said, I'm not there, but the Lord is there. That's why. The Lord was there and his presence was real. His, his presence was more important than my presence. Because I could be there, but I can't take that pain away. But God being there can take the pain away. So which one is more important? <laughs> Hallelujah. So those of you that give your babies names, let it have meaning. Don't just say it sounds nice. <laughs> let there be a reason. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, curse is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And then it says, Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are. And to dust you shall return. Obviously he's talking about the physical body. Okay. The, the body will go to dust. But the spirit will go back to where it came from. To God. Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. But look at verse 21. He says, Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord made tunics of skin and clothed them. Can you see? He made tunics of skin. So, what did God do here? Adam clothed himself with fig leaves. And he was truly naked. Okay? The glory that used to cover him has left. Now it's a new reality. And he's covered with leaves. And God is like, come on, Adam. You've really lost your mind. <laughs> Leaves, fig leaves. And God says, let me help you out. And God takes an animal, an innocent animal, an animal that did not sin. Hmm? An animal that did not sin. God removes the skin. That means he killed it. Can an animal survive without its skin? No, that means he killed the animal. So in killing the animal, what was God showing there? God was typifying the Passover lamb. Do you understand me? Yeah, just like there's a lamb of God that is going to be slain for you and for your children. But for now... You are in a state of emergency. 
So, God takes this innocent animal, kills this animal, removes the skin, and then covers Adam, covers Eve. He covers them. And in killing the animal, you will agree there was bloodshed. Because you can't remove the skin without spilling blood. Am I correct? You can't remove the skin without spilling blood. So when God killed that animal that was innocent and shed the blood of that animal, he now covered Adam. So it's the blood that atones for sin. Hallelujah. It's the blood that atones for sin. And that's what covered Adam. It was a temporary solution. It was an emergency intervention. But Adam could see that an innocent animal has lost his life because of me. This is somebody who named all the animals. This is somebody who could interact with animals. He could communicate with them and they could communicate with him. Otherwise, when the serpent was speaking to Eve, it would have been strange. Do you understand me? Yeah. So why did she listen to the serpent? Because they had the capacity, they had the ability to communicate with animals. And animals had the ability to communicate with them. And they had the mental capacity to understand. And now they've lost it. They've lost that power. They've lost that ability. And now Adam is looking at this animal losing its life just so that he could be covered. Can you imagine the pain in the heart of Adam? He has never seen death before. This is the first time he's seeing death. And it's because of him. The animal is innocent. And God is saying, this innocent animal died for you, Adam. And my own lamb, who will be innocent, is going to die for your children. He's also going to shed his blood for you, Adam. To free you. And humanity. So, right there in the garden, God demonstrated, God demonstrated his love to Adam. So, I want to bring to your attention a sequence, okay? Just imagine this. When Adam, Adam was alive, okay? Adam was alive. In fact, let me get three people, three volunteers. Maybe that would help. Okay, <laughs> the anointed ones. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, now 
This is a, a progression. I want to show you a progression of the life, um, of Adam's life, and how it ties to you and I today. Okay? So, when, when he ate the fruit, first reality was death. Okay? That's separation from God. The word death it's not just, you know, falling down and... No, no. The word death means separation. God says, the day you eat from this tree, dying you will die. Okay? You will surely die. So when he ate from that tree, boom! The first reality is that God left. The glory left. Okay? So now, this is his reality. This is his state. This is the state of the human race, spiritually dead. And God, for years, man was living in this state. Okay? Man was living in this state. So even people like Abraham, like David, like Moses, spiritually, they were dead. They were not born again. Let me put it that way. Okay? So what would God do? God will come. He will cause His Spirit to come on them. But then the Spirit will come, use them, and then the Spirit will depart. They are still in that state. So God has to find a way to start working in them. To now do a work that will begin to renew them from within. Okay? So you see David saying in Psalm 51, creating me a right spirit. You know? Creating me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He says, take not away your Holy Spirit from me. Because he saw from his sin, from what he did, he, 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 he took Uriah's wife. And then he killed Uriah. And then now possessed his wife. <laughs> and when God confronted him through the prophet, he saw his sin. At first he was being a holier than thou. He was being a holier than thou. When the prophet confronted him, the prophet said, look, there's this man, he has hundreds of sheep. And then there's this other one that has one. He, and this one that has many goes and takes from the one that has one. And David is angry. And he says, that person will surely die. <laughs> is that not how we are? And the prophet says, you are the one. It hits him. And he cries. So that's when he, that's when he wrote Psalm 51. Okay? Creating me a clean heart. It's a man after God's heart. Yeah, God had so many good things to say about him. But there's a lot of effort that is, that is involved for them to serve God in the Old Testament. Why? Because their hearts, their hearts were not born again. 
Okay? So God did a lot of work in them, but that was not God's best. That was not God's best. Now, God needs to recreate the Spirit. Because the Spirit is in a state that man cannot, God cannot directly deal with man as he should. So, but because of the blood, remember, they, 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 um, the blood that was shed in the garden from the animal, God used that to teach Adam how to cover himself so that he can still talk to God. Do you understand? But it's not a permanent solution. It's an emergency. This is a casualty. So God steps in quickly and introduces that and teaches Adam how to cover himself so that he can still communicate with God. Adam teaches his children. Teaches his children. Abel learns from the father. Cain chooses his own way. So the sacrifice... The shedding of blood was necessary to engage God. So Abel continued to practice that. And he was favored by God because of that. But that still did not change the, did, did, did not make them born again until Jesus came. So when Jesus came, he introduced life. So he the new creation, the born-again spirit. Okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creation. So, from here, he says the old is gone. Move from here. This, this, the spirit cannot really engage God. Cannot really always finds it hard to serve God. Then, Jesus comes, the Lamb of God, and He gets slain. He pays the price, a full price. And so what happens? Now, God introduces the new creation. A brand new creation. Just like Adam was a new creation at the beginning, before the fall. Okay? After the resurrection of Jesus, life, a new creation. Okay? This new creation has the DNA of God in it. This new creation can love God perfectly. This new creation can walk uprightly. This new creation can worship God in spirit and in truth. This new creation can do everything that God asked it to do. This is the new creation. Hallelujah. So, we've moved from this place to this place. But this is not God's destination. It's not supposed to end here. Hallelujah, I'm born again. Hallelujah, I speak in tongues. 
That, you see, this new creation has the ability to speak heavenly language. This one cannot. This new creation can see God face to face. This old creation, God says, you cannot see me and live. Do you understand? He says to Moses, a man cannot see me and live. It, why? Because it's the old creation. But for the new creation, no, it's not the same. The new creation can see God and live. Because there is what God has put in this new creation. Hallelujah. So this new creation can walk like Jesus walked. Can operate at the same level as Jesus. This new creation can do the works that Jesus did. And even greater than Jesus did. Hallelujah. The old creation can do great things because the Spirit comes upon. But then it goes from time to time. But with the new creation, the Spirit lives in. Hallelujah. So what a transition. Amazing, right? But then there is another level from the new creation. Here. This is Galatians 2.20. Hallelujah. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, live by the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. So the new creation is where many of us are stuck. But God wants you to move from here to here. This new creation can do great things. But this one can do greater things. Why? Because this one is not just the new creation working. This one is Christ working. Can you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I'm saying this so that you understand the cross was more than just taking care of the sin. It's more than that. The cross do with bringing a new species. A totally brand new being. But then, it also has to do with bringing you to Galatians 2.20. Go and say, thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we should strive to live in Galatians 2.20. This is where the unimaginable happens. <laughs> That's where it happens. That is where Christ in you, the hope of glory, happens. So, I want you to see 
the impact of the resurrection. So there is the Passover. There is the Passover that conquered sin. Do you understand? Yeah, the Passover lamb conquered and defeated bondage, defeated sin. Fantastic. But then, after the Passover is the resurrection. Okay? So the resurrection brings a new being. Births a new person. A totally new person. And that new person, he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That new being has now become the righteousness of God in Christ. That new being is the new creation. I am a new creation. No more condemnation. Hallelujah. So that's the new creation. There is power in the new creation. There's power in the new creation. So, but the new creation was made possible by the resurrection. Without the resurrection, there will be no new creation. If Jesus just remained as a Passover lamb and remained just at that level, we would still be at stage one. Because Moses had the lamb all the time. The Israelites, they had bulls. They had, you know, rams that they offered. So that's, that's that level. But then, this the cross and the resurrection made a way with every other sacrifice. That's why you, you cannot say you want to go to, to, to your village to do cleansing with animals. You, do you understand where you are going? You are going back to stage one. Is that where you want to live? You can't do that. The people are doing that. They are doing it because they don't know better. But you should know better. You can't go there because you are superior. Do you understand? You are the new creation. The new creation that this sacrifice was offered once and for all. That's what Hebrews tells us. Do you understand? Yeah. So, but that reality was made possible by the resurrection. Through the resurrection, he conquered sacrifices. Hallelujah. He conquered every other kind of sacrifice. That's why you can come to church. You don't need to tie any animal to bring to church to worship. No, you don't. Why? Because of the resurrection. You don't, you don't need that. Hallelujah. When Adam sinned, why did he go and get fig leaves? A sinful nature likes to produce works of righteousness. Self-righteousness. So he, did his, he created his own righteousness by fig leaves. You see, that's what he did. But then, Jesus comes. And then goes to the cross and says, now, it's my righteousness. So you don't need to produce any 
You don't need to produce any righteousness. Why? Because now righteousness is not an act, but it is a nature that is imparted to you. You see? Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. But you see, some people misunderstand that and they say, okay, now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, so I can just keep living my life anyhow. But you see, when you live like that, you are restricting yourself. You cannot progress to stage three. <laughs> You cannot. You, as a matter of fact, you are taking yourself back. You're taking yourself back. So you want to progress to stage three. Powerful. So, there is a Passover miracle. There is a resurrection miracle. But all of that is to bring you to stage three. And in stage three, do you know what happens in stage three? Let's look at a few scriptures before we wrap it up. I see my time is gone. But you're getting my point. How many people understand what I'm saying? Yes? Is it clear? It's not confusing, right? All right. So, let's look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now read from verse 17. It says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Ha. Huh. So, in stage two, that's where you get joined with him. Okay? The new creation joins you with him. Makes you one with him. But then you need to move to where it now becomes a reality. It becomes a lifestyle. So you now start thinking, you see yourself as one with Christ. Then you can say, like Jesus said, I and the Father are one. So, do you know that you can confidently say that today? I and the Lord are one. Just like I can confidently tell you, I and my wife are one. And you can't argue that. It might not make sense to you, but it is a reality. So, I and the Lord are one. Hallelujah. Somebody hit your chest, say, I and the Lord are one. I and the Lord are one. So if you and the Lord are one, that means whatever the Lord does, you can do. Come on. Are you seeing it now? Yeah. That's the place of union. That's stage three. The church has not yet entered stage three. But it's time for us. 
to move from stage two to stage three. So if you are an accountant, because Jesus is also an accountant, then you and Jesus can function in that office as one. Are you following me? Yeah, if you are an administrator, it's not just you. You can limit it to you because I know you are smart. But I know Jesus is smarter than you. So if you want to stand out, then you need to move to stage two, stage three, where you are in union with him. You and him are one. Hallelujah. Then you can confidently say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Lord. It is a state. It is a stage in our walk with God. Why can't we say it today? Because we're stuck in stage two. But we need to progress. How many people want to progress? Hallelujah. Yes. So when you now begin to minister to people, it is not just you. It is out of union. So Jesus can now express himself through you because you have made yourself available. Are you getting my point? Yes. If you are a judge, then you are in union with him. Then he can judge through you. Hallelujah. If you are a doctor, because Jesus is also the great physician, he can now administer health to people through you. There's power in union with the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what the resurrection has done. But we need to progress to the full benefits and the rights that Jesus paid for. But we are still stuck on bread and butter issues. We're still stuck on bread and butter. So we cannot even go to that point where you decrease and he increases. If you are in business, you, are, you can't be a better business than, businessman than God. God has never seen any loss. He says, I'm the Lord that teacheth thee to profit. Hallelujah. He, he can do it through you, but you have to progress to stage three. Hallelujah. So you can see from Passover to resurrection and beyond. It's a progression. Don't be stuck. Touch, touch your neighbor and say, don't be stuck. Don't be stuck. Hallelujah. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So when you have come to the point of union, perfect union, oneness as he is, so are you in this world. How about that? So Christianity takes a different turn when you start operating like this, with this understanding. So when you are stuck, it's because you are not operating out of union, you are operating out of you. 
Because Christ can never be stuck. So move. Touch your neighbor and say move, move, move to the next stage. Don't be stuck at the new creation. And I'm not undermining the new creation. The new creation is the entry into union with God. The new creation is what makes us one with God. Hallelujah. And one with God is majority. So when you are surrounded by enemies, you don't get intimidated. If you are, it's because of where you are. You have not come to that stage. I'm telling you, I'm sharing with you the revelation that has been helping me over the years. Operating out of union makes a big difference. So it doesn't matter how hard you fall. Christ cannot fall. So in the place of union, you are up again. Glory to God. You are up standing and moving forcefully. Hallelujah. And say, it's the mountain. If you, if, if you cannot resist Jesus, you can't resist me. Because I and Jesus are one. I, have no, I don't understand how a believer can be afraid of the devil. How a believer can be afraid of witches. How a believer can be afraid of Tokolosh. I don't understand. If you are one with him, the enemy should be running from you. They should be running from you. When they see you, they should say, what have I to do with you? When, when Lucia walks in, they say, Jesus of Nazareth, what have we to do with you? But it's Lucia that walked in. But who are they seeing? They are seeing Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the power of union. Say the power of union. Yeah. So nothing should intimidate you. I forbid you from being intimidated by any situation. From now on, you move to stage three. Hallelujah. You move to stage three. You start operating there. Start operating from there. And then we will see greater works. We will see the unimaginable because it comes out of stage three. It's out of stage three. The reason we're not seeing what we should see is because of the stage we are in. Some people are not even sure if they are new creation or they are in stage one. They're still not sure. They're still not sure. Today they are in a new creation. Tomorrow, they're in stage one. Back to stage one. In the place of union, holiness is second nature to you. You have the DNA of God. In the place of union, you don't struggle with sin. Hallelujah. It's not your nature. It's not part of your DNA. You have a new DNA. Hallelujah. Nobody needs to tell you this is wrong. Stop it. No, you, you, you know it. Because the Christ in you will tell you this is not okay. Amen. Am I communicating this morning? Yes. From Passover to resurrection. 
resurrection conquest. So the resurrection has conquered every other thing and has brought man back to the place where God planned. But now we need to progress into the fullness of what the resurrection of Jesus has brought to us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I hope I'm not boring you. Hallelujah. I have more to say to you, but we call it a day. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Some people are hungry. They are greedy. They're asking for more. No. <laughs> Come back next week. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Appreciate the Lamb. What he did for you is more than you imagine. What he did for you is more than just wash away your sins. That's just the beginning of it. Brought you into oneness with the Father. Now, you and Jesus have equal inheritance because of the resurrection. Jesus does not have more right to the Father than you. He doesn't. You have equal rights to the Father. What about that? That's the power of union with God. Why don't you thank Him? Just, just take a moment. Just thank Him. Lord, we thank You. We give You praise. We give You glory, Father. Thank You. Thank You. Thank You for the Passover Lamb. But more than that, thank You for the resurrection. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for what the Passover lamb conquered for us. But more than that, thank you for what the resurrection conquered for us and made available to us. My Lord, bring us. Lord, I ask that you will bring your people into a full realization, a full revelation O Father, of their union with you, bring them into that in the mighty name of Jesus. Let every mindset that has restricted them, held them captive, hindered them from progressing. For those that are stuck, those that are stuck, whether in their business, those that are stuck in their careers, those that are stuck in their relationships, those that are stuck in life, Lord my God, there's nothing the resurrection, nothing that the resurrection cannot sort out. Let the power of the resurrection be released in this house right now in the name of Jesus over every soul. In the name of Jesus, let it be released. Let restrictions be removed. Let limitations be broken in the name of Jesus. I loose upon you the full rights and benefits of the resurrection in the name of Jesus. Receive it in your life. Receive it in your spirit. Receive it in your soul. Receive it in your body. Receive it in your life. Spirit, soul, and body. Receive it in your career. Receive it in your future. Hallelujah. I call the future into being. In the name of Jesus, let miracles be released. 
Resurrection miracles I release over your life right now. Lord, begin to stir up the powers of the age to come. Let them start manifesting in these lives. Give them, Lord God, victory. Let them experience conquest. Hallelujah. Jesus has conquered death. If he conquered death, what else can he not conquer? There's nothing else left. Satan has been disarmed. He has been nullified. His power has been destroyed. He has through death destroyed him that has the power of death. Lord, I thank you. I command a release. Free your people from fear. Free your people from anxiety. Free your people from oppression. Free your people from sickness, from diseases. In the name of Jesus, I release healing power of God over you. In the name of Jesus. From now on, you start walking in union with Christ. In the name of Jesus. Oneness with God. Oneness with Jesus. Oneness with the Father. Your life is hid in Christ and in God. No evil will come near you. I declare, no evil will come near you. In the name of Jesus. When evil comes near you, it will pass over you. It will pass over you. Because of the blood. In the name of Jesus. The blood is still efficacious. The blood is still at work. Still effective today as it was 2,000 years ago. I release you into that new covenant in the blood right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I want you to just begin to receive, begin to declare whatever it is you are believing God for. Just begin to declare it right now. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I receive this. Jesus paid for this. This is my new reality. From today. Come on. Begin to declare it. This is my new reality. Declare it right now. Thank you, Lord. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because you are there, there is hope. And there will be glory. You will face hopeless situations. And you will see them turn around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Curses are broken over your life. Because Jesus cannot be cursed. Hallelujah. Out of your union with Christ, you operate, you defy, and you break, you, you shatter every restriction in the name of Jesus. We declare that over you. I declare that. Declare that over your family right now. Your family is loose. It's loose from every shackle in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. Amen. Now, if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to pray for you. That's the starting point. If you have not given your life to Jesus, you are still in stage one. You are still in stage one. But if you want to move from stage one to stage two, you have to invite Jesus into your heart. Now, if you were in stage two and you moved back to stage one, this is also an opportunity for you to come back. If you raise your hand, every eye closed. You want to receive Jesus into your heart. Just raise your hand. I see that hand. God bless you. Any other person? You want to do that? 
I see that other hand. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Any other? Any other? Come on. Yes, and those of you watching online as well. I just want you to say this after me. If you are raising your hand, just say this after me. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Jesus is my Passover lamb. I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth that he is my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me, Lord, for my sin. Forgive me. Right now, I receive cleansing. Cleanse me by the blood. I receive by faith right now. Thank you. Give me a heart that loves what you love and hates what you hate. Let the new creation, let the reality of the new creation dawn upon me. Let your kingdom be manifested in my life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for these ones, Lord, that are giving their life. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray, O oh Father, that there will be a release over their lives right now. Let your kingdom be released over them. Let your kingdom come in their lives in the name of Jesus. Let the power of sin be broken. Bring them into union with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer at the end of the service, there's somebody that will be at the, at the back that will like to meet with you just to give you instructions and, and tell you about the next steps you need to take. Those of you that have prayed this online, please write us. Our details are on the screen there. We want to reach out to you, communicate, and tell you what to do next. Amen. Church. Happy Resurrection Day. Hallelujah. God bless you real good. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.